0: Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. I'm so pleased today to talk about a hospital that changes lives every day, and it's right here in Utah. And we're going to two, well, two incredible women that understand the stories of Primary Children's Hospital like none other. Angie Dennison is a wonderful special projects producer with KSL, which means she tells a lot of behind-the-scenes stories. Is that an okay way to introduce you, Angie?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yes. Thank you. <laughs> the special stories at Primary Children's. We'll talk a little bit more about that because we have an upcoming give thon where we're asking the community again, let's open up our hearts and support this hospital. Now, also joining us today is Ashley Moser. You know her name and her beautiful smile as well. She's an anchor and reporter for KSL 5 TV. Ashley, thank you for joining us.
2: Rebecca, thank you so much for having us. I'm so excited. I'm giddy for this interview. This is gonna be fun and we're so excited to talk about the important work that Primary Children's Hospital does and, and our involvement in the Gibathon.
0: Well, and I appreciate that. And also with Ashley, you remember you usually see her at the ten o'clock news and later newscasts. So we're calling her at home. If we hear a child or two in the background, we all know what life <laughs> will bring. But as we <sighs> as we talk <laughs> as we talk about the Gibathon, there are decades of history with KSL TV and KSL News Radio, and Angie wanted to talk a little bit about this because the big day is December third. Is that right? Yes,
1: yeah, correct. December third, we're actually going to be all day long, radio and television. It will be a blitz um, going on, and yeah, we've had a rich history with the Give throughout throughout the years with KSL. It's such an important part of. Who we are, and we recognize the the, the great service that t- takes place at the hospital, and who hasn't been touched by the work that does has been done up there. So for what forty five years, you've heard it on the radio, and and for thirty eight years, it's been part of the television broadcast. So yeah, December third on Friday, you know, you'll see it first thing in the morning, you'll hear it on the radio, and you'll have an opportunity to hear stories of great kids. Who have been serviced, been served by the good people at the hospital and um, have an opportunity to participate by donating to the hospital at that time too.
0: So I want you to put that on the calendar, and you'll be hearing about it on FM one hundred point three and on one hundred three point five. The radio. We are all gathered together because, indeed, this hospital serves the entire community. And and Angie, I'm going to come back to you in just a minute. But Ashley, uh, I mentioned that you know you're working from home right now. My heart is very tender because I know Primary Children's Hospital is tender for your family. Do you mind sharing uh, uh, with us? Because what these hospital, what the hospital's goal has been, is to make sure the child is always first and always, and whatever. Cont- that child is in, they are specially trained to help those babies, infants, toddlers, and teens and beyond. So, Ashley, do you mind sharing with us a bit about your baby's story, Amaya?
2: Of course. And, you know, I, I get emotional kind of even just thinking about it. Um, I just want to take you guys back a couple of years when Angie roped me into this amazing give thon and asked me to be the one to interview these families who've been impacted. And I knew from the first thon that I participated in that, I wanted to be part of this every single year, hearing those family stories, feeling their their gratefulness, really, for these teams that came together to save their child's lives. I, I, I knew I wanted to be part of it. Um, but then fast forward now to 2021, I am 35 weeks pregnant and everything's going just fine. Everything's going well. But then I felt kind of... Uh, less of my daughter's movements this is my second child so I had my son Leo back in 2018 and so I kind of knew what to expect around this time um, and so I told my doctor I said you know I'm not feeling her move as much uh, so they did their standard non-stress test and that's when they you know they basically want to see how many movements in a certain o- amount of time and she didn't pass that test and that's when I kind of started to worry and they sent me to uh, a hospital so I was at my clinic and they sent me to the hospital and it took a while, and then she technically passed the test, but they were still kind of concerned. So they said, "You know what? Let's have you come back. Let's do an ultrasound." And at 35 weeks pregnant, that's a little late to be doing ultrasounds. Usually, you do that 20 week, um, you know, where you find out the gender, anatomy scan. But at 35 weeks, you're not really doing those those tests. So I went in, and with COVID, you don't, you can't really bring, you know, your partner in with you. So I went to this appointment alone, and I was optimistic. I thought, nah, I think she's fine. She'll be fine. I'm I'm fine. It's going to be great. And then the ultrasound tech took, it seemed like 30 minutes, right on my daughter's heart. She didn't move. She didn't say anything. I knew something was wrong. I was by myself. I was texting my husband during that scan. I said, there's something wrong. I don't know what's wrong, but she's not saying anything. And when I asked her, you know, what's happening, she said, you know, let's have the doctor come talk to you. So I knew something was up. And I just kind of get emotional thinking about it. My Uh, eyes are tearing
0: up. I know Angie as well. Uh, We're all tearing up listening to this. Hmm.
2: It's just one of those, you don't want to relive it, but there's such importance in stories like this and, and sharing them to let people know they're not alone. And So, you know, my doctor came in and she said, you know, we see something bright on your daughter's heart and we're not sure what it is um we don't want to say for sure so what we're going to do is we're going to send you to primary children's hospital and you'll meet with a a, you know cardiologist there and they'll do a fetal echocardiogram and to be honest i don't think i've ever heard uh, those words fetal echocardiogram so i thought okay it has to do with something with the heart i'm pretty sure so they schedule that the next week i'm up there and this time i have my husband and i remember vividly waiting in the in the lobby and we check in, and I see I turn to my right, I turn to my left, I see parents with with little babies um, waiting to see their doctors, and I think, "Oh my goodness, I can't imagine what it's like to be in their shoes." I saw a little baby hooked up to oxygen, and my heart just broke i you know I just got so emotional and i I was just nervous and scared, and it was it was a weird feeling of just How can this be happening? You know, this is the happiest moment of our lives. We're having a little baby girl. We're so excited, and we're hit with this. And I do remember that (laughs) echocardiogram vividly, and, you know, the ultrasound techs are told not to, you know, speak uh, and and read those results just yet because we have to wait for the doctor. Um, That was probably the hardest um, scan I've ever had, just to sit there and know that something's wrong. And not know exactly what it is. So that happened. We were walked into an area, a more comfortable area, where my husband and I were able to sit down on the couch. And we were so nervous. It was like, it was just nerves. I can't explain. My heart was beating. I, I was sick. I was feeling, you know, nauseous. And and the doctor came in and. I will be so great. I'm so grateful with the way she handled everything. And I know, you know, the team up there at primary children's hospital there, they, they have tough conversations with parents. And so they are, they are so well-versed in how to speak to parents who are feeling these, these feelings worried and, and scared and nervous. But she walked us through what our daughter had. And right up into that moment, I was thinking maybe just, maybe she doesn't have anything wrong with her. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe my doctor's uh, office saw something but it's not there maybe it's gone but the doctor said you know we've noticed something on your daughter's heart and they called it premature ductal closure I had no idea what that was but thankfully they had a chart I remember that chart vividly they had a chart of a heart and they explained to us what a baby's heart normally would do in utero and you know this is something that I kind of yeah maybe I learned it in anatomy class but I didn't really remember you know how the heart works the four chambers and so they were they were slowly explaining to us what what is normal and and then explained to us what is happening in our daughter's heart and what they said was when babies are in utero they don't need to use their lungs so there is this little vessel that's open so that this the blood bypasses the lung blood vessels and goes to the rest of the body but when baby is born that vessel closes and that basically tells the body okay now the lungs are in use now you can start pumping blood to those blood vessels in baby's lungs well our daughter's vessel closed prematurely closed before i gave birth and what that was doing it was causing the blood basically to hit a wall and it was backing up into her heart and so there was leakage and and sadly a lot of these cases from what i understand doctors say they don't catch this because they don't do the ultrasounds at 35 weeks so it can result in Sadly, in stillbirth or fetal high drops, things that are hard to come back from. But because we caught it when we did, they said this was crucial. So that week, it was a Monday, we had that appointment. And on Friday, they induced me and we had our little Amaya. And it obviously wasn't the birth experience that I had planned, that my husband had planned. The feelings of joy and excitement sadly were were overshadowed by worry by fear, by nerves and yeah it was it was scary it honestly was scary because even up into that point, we didn't know how her health would be right when we you know right when I gave birth to her. It was a room I remember that was very kind of dark and dim there were no windows, and they do this because this was a special room that was connected to the NICU and right when she was born, I have a lot of fun birth experiences. Personally, I, I don't get epidurals. I like to labor naturally, and I like to, you know, be one with my body and kind of feel what my body needs to do. And I remember vividly telling the nurse, I think I think something's happening. And so she peeked and she said, Oh, don't push. She pushed that button. I kid you not, there were like 20 doctors in in that room, 20 people in that room <laughs> within seconds. And our sweet little Amaya was born. But, she, you know, she was whisked away right to the NICU where they started to monitor her heart. And, yeah, it's one of those experiences that, of course, we're always going to remember. I kind of have a little PTSD when I think about it, when I talk about it. But she is doing so well today. So it's, it's amazing to see how far she's come. And she's six months now. And it's just amazing to see what good care does for children in need. And that's exactly what she got. She got the best care. The team that took care of her, they informed us. And I'm a person, I'm a journalist, so I ask a lot of questions. And they were so good with answering my questions and getting me the information to help comfort me. Because at that time, I was just still nervous, still worried. You know, having her on oxygen, hooked up to the pulse oximeter with the wires, the tubes. It was scary. It was scary to see your baby like that. But I felt, I honestly felt so informed and on top of things. And I knew she was going to be okay. You know, he was born. I, it was amazing. I just knew.
0: I appreciate you sharing that with us. And for those who just joined us, that's Ashley Moser, uh, anchor and reporter with KSL five Television. And we're talking about Primary Children's Hospital and the upcoming Give-a-thon, which is on December third, where we have an opportunity as a community to support this hospital. And yes, it was emotional hearing that story. And I, I was thinking about how alone and frightening it feels as a parent to have that surreal experience, and uh, whether your child's being diagnosed with cancer or a, a, you know diabetes or needs a heart transplant or is in the emergency room and, and you're in this state of shock. And then to have a team of physicians and nurses and specialists that can help lift and carry that burden and help problem solve is extraordinary. And so for me, I'm just so glad that they were there for you. Angie, I'm sure Ashley's experience is echoing other experiences that other parents have shared with you.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, I've had the opportunity to interview dozens and dozens of patients and parents who have been up there. And the overall overarching um, attitude is just one of gratitude for the hospital and for the tremendous care that they receive up there. That Frequently, patients will say angels walk the halls primary children's hospital because they feel so connected in in so many ways to the to the people up there and the service providers you know primary children's hospital is a leading top notch um technology and advanced surgical procedures in this whole area they service over 400,000 square miles of area and so they have a lot of children coming from all over and as the parent as i listen to the parents uh, it's always gratitude for the 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 work that's done up there and the and the miracles that take place up there. Quite frankly,
0: and we'll have a chance to see and, and watch more of these stories on KSL Five TV on December third during the Giveathon. It really does just kind of stops time. And Ashley, I needed to say that we are all uh, praying and continuing to give our love to your beautiful Amaya. And and, 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 uh, as a mama, I, I can't imagine how that felt for you in those tender times. But it's interesting because you went from being a reporter who interviewed other parents who've had children go through these experiences to experiencing it yourself. So that had to feel a bit surreal for you. Hi, huh, Ashley.
2: It did, and even um you know, I talked to Angie about this, putting a story together about my daughter and not about another family. that was a new experience for me um but yeah it's it's kind of crazy. I almost felt like I was prepared for this experience because I did give-a-thon coverage you know in the past, so i I think i'm I'm a, a person that kind of thinks things are meant to be things happen for a reason. I do wonder why are we in Utah? you know, I'm natively from Hawaii, and so to be here in Utah and To be this close to primary children's hospital, you know, a hospital that has specialists that know exactly what to do, how to treat my daughter, it almost makes me wonder if that's the reason, you know, why we ended up in this area. So there's just so many things that I think about and I I look back on and I think, wow, I learned a lot from those families, a lot of strength from those families, and it's honestly helped me get through and my husband get through what we are going through.
0: Right, that it continues. And Angie Dennison, um, we introduced her at the beginning of the interview. If you've just tuned in, she is a TV producer with KSL 5 TV and has had the opportunity to actually go and and document and meet so many of these families year after year. And uh, Angie, if you could explain to us the, the connection between the give and the charity care at Primary Children's Hospital.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, the give um thon gives... The- community members' opportunity to to, to to give to the hospital and the charity care that takes place last year alone up at the hospital, thirteen point seven million dollars of charitable do, do, dollars were given to patients who go to the hospital but that, that was you know over eleven thousand visits that took place and as I've had the opportunity to interview these patients and these these um, parents. I mean, some of these patients are there for months at a time, and the bills add up. and the And the charitable donations that come help to finance a, a multiple um, different things, not just uh, finances for the the care itself, but it provides opportunities for kids to take advantage of the music therapy and the dance therapy and the art therapy and. Um, You know, a lot of the different programs that are offered by the hospital, so the care, the donations go to more than just the care. It goes for care of the families as well, and that's something that a lot of the families have mentioned to me that they appreciate because they're not just caring for that child. They're caring for an entire family who's dealing with the illness of that child.
0: So I'm glad you brought that up. Some are... of those facts, Angie, are just so stunning for me that the average length of a child at Primary Children's Hospital is five days. So yeah. that's the average. And, and that means many are staying for 15, 20, 25, and some are just staying for a day or two, but it becomes a secondary home. And in the past, I, uh, Angie gave me the opportunity to actually do some reporting, to be there with a camera uh, at the hospital and get to know some of these families. And I remember one of my experiences, and Ashley, maybe you've experienced this too, where I had to put on an entire suit to keep germs away from a little child who uh, was born with a um, challenged immune system. And I would watch as I got to know the parents and got to know those nurses Every time, which is quite frequently, every hour or two when they would go in to visit that little child, they'd have to dress in brand new equipment to make sure that that child's health, which was first and foremost, was protected. And so to me, it was like every detail from the music therapy, because children are there for weeks, right, to, to brighten their days, whether it be, you know, the the wonderful golden doodle dogs that are brought <laughs> to, to provide some love and support or whether it's training uh, facilities and equipment so that they can train Uh, uh, doctors and nurses on how to put little teeny IVs in and those little teeny hands and arms. That's the part of specialty care that the givethon is going towards as well. I was really surprised to read that last year in 2020, primary children's treated a total of 73,000 patients, 73,756. That's a big number. And so (laughs) you said, Angie, or is it, it, that's the same as filling up the vivid arena three times, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. it's it's amazing the number of children that are treated there, and children that are treated for years on end. I've done interviews with families. In fact, one of the stories that we'll um, tell is well, all of the stories, quite frankly, are of children who have been treated for years on end for for chronic conditions or recurring conditions that happen. You know, if cancer returns, or if if they need a heart transplant, or they need those those life saving procedures that care goes on for years. And so the relationship that these parents and these families develop with their caregivers of our primary children is they are family to them. They become their family. And kind of like Ashley said, they bring peace to their hearts to just be able to get that information from a specialist who knows so much, but who also has so much great, so much compassion to offer um, these families in a way that, you just don't feel in a normal environment. So it's, it's, it, it's, a, it's a blessing to have that hospital in our community.
0: Yeah, Angie, I agree. That's Angie Dennison with KSL 5 TV. We also have just a few more minutes uh, together. And Ashley Moser uh, has been sharing some of her story. We'll see more of that on the screen on KSL 5 TV on December 3rd as part of the, the give a But, uh, Ashley, I was just curious for you, as you walk the halls of Primary Children's Hospital, what did you notice? That is um, sets the hospital apart for me. You know, I, I see some sculptures and butterflies. And do, do you do you see that sense of that this is actually created to try to help a child feel better, even though he or she is enduring some very difficult times?
2: Yeah, the one thing that comes to mind truly is light. It really is full of light. I mean, the the glass windows you can see. You know, the valley. It just it feels good to walk those halls. You know, it's not fun being at any doctor's office, but to have that kind of environment of peace, of comfort, that goes a long way. And so just walking those halls, it's funny. I feel like I know the inside of inside and outside of Primary Children's Hospital because of the give Well, now I know it for a different reason. You know for our checkups for our daughter so walking those halls is is becoming way more familiar to me right now um and it it really is just a wonderful place from from the doctors the nurses even the the people that check you in they care you know they they accommodate they want to make sure that you're comfortable um and i really appreciate that and i i do have one other thing that came to mind as angie was talking about relationships with with our care providers I love my daughter's doctor, Doctor Lindsay May. We interviewed her for the story and she's just so good at at explaining things that, you know, maybe a, a normal person who doesn't study hearts would know. And so I've asked her so many questions and she's so patient, so kind, and is able to really articulate you know, our daughter's road to uh, recovery and, and, you know, how she's doing. And another fun little fact that I kind of want to end on is my daughter, we were having a hard time choosing her name. And for some reason, we ended on Amaya, which we love and we're so happy, but the name before Amaya was May. It was just always going to be May, but last minute we changed it to Amaya. But come, you know, a couple months later, her doctor's name is Dr. May. So I really do think things are meant to be. And I I appreciate the staff there and what they do for families and how they help these families and walk them through the hardest days of their lives.
0: Mm, I appreciate that. I'm so glad you shared that, that connection with Dr. May, always reminding you of Amaya. And, you know, the word May is tucked right inside Amaya, isn't it? It (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that funny? No. It, it, <laughs> that. it is funny, and you know, with the Giveathon, and Ashley, thank you so much for sharing us. By the way, the very tender and still very fresh story. This is still, we're still looking at a little baby who is continuing to learn and grow and 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 mm-hmm. heal as well. But as we tell these stories, often when we ask people to give to the Giveathon, the phones ring off the hook, which is just extraordinary. But they might not get to see inside the hospital and see. The difference, the impact those calls are making. So, Angie Dennison is our KSL Five TV producer. So, throughout the Giveathon, we'll have a an opportunity to really kind of see how that charitable donations is making a difference day after day.
1: Yeah, you know, this year because because of COVID, typically we're uh, we take the television crew up to the hospital. We're there in the in the middle of the hospital, but because of COVID this year, we've had to do it differently, and. Covid didn't shut down the needs. The, the needs are still there. So KSL wanted to really, you know, continue the tradition of the Giveathon. So we are taking the Giveathon and, and doing it at the uh, the Triad Center with um, in, in at KSL to keep the kids safe and to keep everybody safe. But you'll be hearing stories um, of a variety of kids who have been helped at the hospital, and we'll have video of the the special programs that are there, and you know. These stories are actually going to be airing also in the newscasts leading up to um, the give a on that Friday. And so you'll be able to meet these kids early on. And, I mean, you could even start donating now as, as early as now because the, the donation page is open. It's kslkids.com that uh, you go to to donate online.
0: And it's very easy. You can use a major credit card. And, and, of course, we appreciate every donation. One of my heartfelt memories before we wrap up is, is answering the phones during the give thon And it might be someone calling saying, all I have is $10. Is that enough? Yes, it's $10 is enough. $20 is enough because when we all come together, it reminds me of lifting something very heavy, but many hands make light work. So as many people who can call and donate at kslkids.com, and we'll have the phone number uh, uh, active on that December 3rd. But I want to thank both of you for taking the stories of so many beautiful families and so many courageous children and bringing them to us during, once again, the give thon You'll be hearing it on KSL News Radio, watching it on KSL 5 TV, And we'll be reminding you here on FM 100.3 how to get involved and why we do this. So Ashley Moser of KSL 5 TV will be watching you at 10 o'clock news.
2: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for having us.
0: Thank you for joining us. A big kiss to Amaya and Angie Dennison. Thank you for your work on the give We'll be watching all those stories and appreciate you joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum.
1: Oh, and thank you so much, Rebecca. It's such an honor. Thank you for publicizing such an important event that that helps so many people in our community. A gun in the face.
0: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and...